Welcome to the Remote CEO Show. My name is De Niro Bartolini, AKA De Niro B. I'm an acclaimed business coach and my moonshot is to change the face of work and business forever. With each episode, we bring you some of the most inspiring and insightful interviews with six, seven, eight, and nine figure entrepreneurs to crack the code on how to build your remote empire and have fun while doing it. Thanks for stopping by and let's get started. What's going on, CEOs? Daniel will be here with another episode of the Remote CEO Show. Today, we're here with Itai Amosa. Itai is the CEO and co-founder of StoryDoc, a presentation tool built to help B2B sales and marketing teams bring their collateral to life and effectively engage their buyers. Itai is passionate about data, tech, and storytelling, especially where they meet to create a powerful impact. Today, we'll talk about sales, marketing, and as usual, about remote team building. I'm very excited. Let's get right into it. Welcome to the Remote CEO Show, Itai. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm great, Daniero. Happy to be here. Awesome, man. Awesome. As usual, I ask every single one of my guests to tell me what they were doing before becoming an entrepreneur. So what is your story? Oh, wow. Okay. That's a, that's an awesome question. Um, I don't know if I have a, a history without being an entrepreneur, to be honest. Uh, actually, I, I kind of stumbled across tech and entrepreneurship uh, as a student. Uh, I was one of the, I was the founder of what it is today, the biggest backpacking website here in Israel. Um, and that kind of we just started as a content website, uh, writing some sort of blog forms, and kind of escalated into an entire business. And kind of things, uh, you know, went on from there. So uh, <laughs> don't don't know if I even have any, any other uh, definition for that. That's fantastic. You know, Itai, I always get this from a lot of my guests. I would say ninety percent of my guests really remember a point in time where they they wanted to be uh an employee right maybe you maybe some people were employees but even then they were already thinking about how to quit and how to start their business i think it really is something that runs deeply into our you know genetic makeup in a way but um i wanted to talk about the fact that you have a remote first business uh which is fantastic because here the remote ceo we're all about building remote businesses but before we get into how you build and scale the business and, and how you're marketing it, I wanted to ask you about the origin of this product, of Storybook. Why did mm-hmm. you start this product and what problem were you trying to solve? Uh, sure thing. So actually it came in uh, uh, while kind of working on the uh, on the preview startup. I was, uh, was really kind of the, the, the the eventual kind of outcome of a lot of personal frustration and kind of things I wasn't able to solve in a different way. Uh, like may- maybe for the, for the folks that don't know what StoryDoc does, it makes it very, very easy for sales and marketing teams to create effective and engaging collateral. Anything from you know, sales decks, uh, brochures, one-pagers, pitch decks uh, to proposals. Um, and back then, a few years ago, I used uh, I was I was the VP revenue of another startup, basically focusing on trying to sell into, um, uh, into very large uh, e-commerce enterprises. So talking about very, very long sales cycles, a lot of numbers, a lot of meetings. 
Um, and pretty much every time I went away from a meeting, I always felt that I was able to kind of, you know, get my story uh, through uh, effectively, you know, by being there and, you know, by the force of your, you know, your own personality and the way you tell stories. But then it always ended up with, this is great, but, you know, send me your slides, we can have a look at it. I want to show it to our boss. We need to see the budget for this and so on. And every time walking away from those, you know, boardrooms, I always knew that I have to book the next flight a month, next, you know, the next month, because nobody's going to bother actually going through my slides. And if I wouldn't be there pushing it, it's never going to happen. And that's how eventually it kind of started getting to me that that's not how you can effectively sell and you don't have any any effective way of you know telling your story internally once you do leave the room and you know then one thing led to, led to another partnered with my two co-founders started to kind of experiment what kind of giveaway decks could be effective um, and kind of think you know things went on from there uh, so I really went out solving my own problem and then I think realizing I might have just stumbled across a much bigger problem that many, many people in sales and marketing share. And this is fantastic because here at the remote CEO, we always talk about the importance of, of mastering sales as uh as especially when you're scaling and you're alone, uh, because if you don't know how to sell your own product and service, you're definitely not going to be able to manage a, a sales team. Now, here's the thing. Um, I can't stress this enough how important it is to to have a good presentation. And like you said, if you are there in person, that's a totally different story, especially if you're someone that people feeds off of, you know, your energy. That's great. But then as soon as you move away, as soon as you start sending those marketing collateral uh, pieces, then it really becomes a big problem. And so can you please tell us, you know, when you were developing this product, were you thinking about, uh, of course, like you were thinking, but can you tell us the process of thinking, okay, what type of um, media we're going to use? Is it going to be video? Is it going to be like motion uh, graphics, what, what's what's the thing that you, you thought, well, this is working better than just sending a static PDF or PowerPoint slide? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually, uh, I remember it very vividly because it was one single aha moment um, that actually, you know, if you think about it, on one side, I was trying to sell uh, proactively to many prospects, but as a VP of revenue, also was the one responsible for a lot of, a lot of budget on our end. So it means that I was the target of a lot of sales decks and a lot of sales processes on the other side. Yeah. And I just w found myself on uh, one time, on a, it was pre-COVID, so a taxi on the way to the airport, basically, you know, trying to kill some time and go through emails and just ended up seeing like, you know, a couple of sales decks in a row on my phone and just basically losing the tension, uh, you know, one after the other. And that's when it really hit me. I had this moment of I'm, I've been consumed by, you know, uh, I don't know how to get through to the other side and then realize that is the moment. That is the decision maker moment in many cases. Like people don't have context and motivation to really sit down and deep dive into your you know, slide deck or into your proposals. And the moment that you do, uh, that you can grab them is when they're, they just, you know, someone forward them this slide deck or this email, they're gonna actually open it up on mobile. They're gonna scroll through it and it's either you get that moment to shine and make it memorable and, and digestible and then actionable, or you just missed your opportunity and it's a, it's a dead end in the process. Yeah. They would just leave it for later. So that's why we almost immediately focused on decks as 
what people would expect to get, but on the other side, how can we make them first and foremost amazingly mobile first in 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 terms of the content that people would typically consume because you're then you're fighting against TikTok and Twitter and, yeah. and even Facebook back then. Um, yeah, so that, that's why we didn't want to you know move away from the fact that this needs to be a deck. But on yeah. the other side, that was the moment that we were kind of zeroing in when we tried to solve this. That's fantastic. And so now I think it's time to think about, okay, now you have this idea and you're putting together a team. So as a remote first business, can you mind, uh, do you mind telling us how you decided to build your team and who did you start looking to hire first? Yeah, so I think for every startup and every business, it, you know, it has to first start with, you know, with, with good partners to, for the road. So I had the immense lack of having two great co-founders that are still you know, with me in this journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when looking into, uh, into hiring the, the first employees, um, on one side, we knew we have to have some more firepower in the development. Like StoryDoc is not a, uh, it's a very uh, relatively, you know, advanced in terms of technology that needed to be, you know, created in, in a very high-end uh, user experience to actually make sense. Yeah. So we kind of started off with these, but basically on the very, like the very first hire aside from developers were, was a content market, content marketing person. And we kind of mapped out our space and realized that the most effective way long-term of growing would be uh, rely heavily on SEO and yeah. on, you know, building out great templates um, and great content around sales presentations and founders and pitch decks. Um, yeah. And that's why we wanted to, you know, this, you know, better than I do, these things take time. So we just wanted to make sure that from day one, we're kind of thinking SEO first. Yes. Love it. Absolutely love it. And so now you said something, I believe you said this before we started even uh, recording this call, but you were saying that some people on your team have never even met each other. And I find this so fascinating because I have been telling <laughs> people time and time again, I mean, you can build culture, you can build a very strong team without having to see you know, one another. And so can you tell us what the process is? Uh, maybe I would like for you to tell us maybe one or two things that worked out very well, and maybe one tip that you would say, you know what, you guys try to avoid this <laughs> at all costs. <laughs> sure, only one? Wow. Um, <laughs> you mistakes. If you uh, want to share more, my friend, you're more uh, than... <laughs> I wish I could have gone back two years ago and kind of yeah, and avoid a few. No, but I, I would actually, I think, like, I think the key thing is to understand the motivation. Like, I personally had uh, many years of experience in managing remote teams, but it was never real remote. It was very kind of you know, the, our, we always had our legs very deep into, you know, the old kind of pre-COVID concepts. So, you know, I, I would fly over, I had a team in the UK, another team here in Israel, another one in Germany, and was all constantly kind of on the road. And, you know, hiring, I would go there to kind of hire someone or, you know, onboard them and and always kept feeling that the remote is, is a limitation rather than, uh, or even a liability rather than an actual opportunity. And at least for us, the eye-opening moment was the fact that we had to start hiring folks within, you know, the, the kind of the deepest kind of period of COVID where there was no way out of it. And we just had no choice. But then a few months into the process, we just realized it's amazing. Like the, the, the quality of talent and quality of team building uh, was almost untouched in terms of what we could have gotten. And even, even more so, like today we have folks from all across Europe, um, you know, joining the team that we would never have proactively hired. 
Um, so that was that was the main motivation coming out of COVID of not only keeping it, but doubling down on it. So pretty much anyone that wanna work within our time zone is invited. Um, and, and I think the secret was being very uh, religious about truly being remote. Um, and maybe that comes into your the, the, those two kind of key things that, the, that, that at least we found that work. I think the main thing was actually, even if there is some sort of um, um, periodic physical meeting or that sometimes as founders or startup, we basically live pretty close to each other. So we do meet each other once in a while. Yeah. Um, but we always made sure that the actual kind of center of gravity of every meeting is always going to be remote. So just as a very, very stupid example, but insanely effective, uh, we uh, make sure that even if a few of us are in the same place at, the, at, the, at, a, at a given moment, we all go out and kind of go on Zoom from a different, um, you know, from a different room or a different side. Um, of the the area that we're at, um, it's uh, that's the main thing I would recommend everyone doing that because that immediately kills that thing that I used to have in the previous company where you do have a center and periphery in the conversation. Like you, you kind of avoid that boardroom oh experience where some people are kind of talking between themselves and other folks are just like yeah. in the orbit of the conversation in oh, Zoom. Absolutely. You not. know, once everyone is remote. Everyone is an equal kind of, you know, box on, you know, Google Meet or Zoom or whatever. Uh, at least for us, that's what kind of uh, made us, you know, truly have to, you know, to cope with this being remote. Mm -hmm. And I think without that, you cannot fake it. Like, otherwise, like people that are physically closer would have, uh, you know, a slightly better communication and maybe missed out. You're going to miss out and, and kind of... Um, isolate the, the the really remote folks. I don't I don't know if you if, you, if someone ever brought up this in the past. Oh, and that's why I was like, you heard me in the background, be like, oh wow, that's actually super smart. I mean, like I had situations very similar to that in the past where I was running some webinars, rather not really like team meetings, but webinars where I had a few people in person right there in front of me, and then everybody else online, and it felt so awkward because. I couldn't ignore people right in front of me, but at the same time, I was trying to be fair to people that were paying just as much, but being but but they were on on uh, on Zoom, right? And so it does make so much sense because we are always going to have to uh, you know sacrifice, so to speak, like uh, like some time with person to the person online when you have uh, like a full conversation uh, with someone in front of you. Hundred percent. I think it's very yeah. Uh, and, and, yeah. And, and I think that the, the biggest mistake we've made is trying to to you know to consider being really hybrid. I, I think that's the that's where it breaks for most companies because then you end up having folks that would never show up in the office for because they're anyway remote, while other things would always be like yeah, let's talk about it offline next time we meet, and and then it kind of breaks the flow of conversation, and you just cannot be you cannot create a consistent work culture that is remote once you're not fully remote. So uh, I think maybe the, the tip to avoid would be like, I would take a, um, like a strong decision this way or the other. Um, mm -hmm. And if you are to do it remote, do it full all in, or you're just basically going to get the worst of all, um, you know, of all kind of work models, basically. That's so true. It, it creates so many double standards as well as to, you know, like people oh, have to come into the office if you're coming five minutes late, you know, like it's so obvious if someone's coming and like, I, I would not, I would not do that that way. We've been proudly remote only <laughs> since before COVID us as well. So definitely, definitely uh, agree with you on that. Uh, so it's like, like we talked about marketing, we talked about 
team building. And one thing that I actually want to dive in a bit deeper is, is culture. And, you know, uh, you never meet your, well, most of your workers don't meet in person. My big question is, is how do you end up with creating a culture of excellence within your business? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think I think that's yeah, you just kind of hit the, the you know the, the nail on its head there in terms of that's that's the main thing that people think they're gonna give up on if they're gonna they're gonna do that and they're gonna go remote and I think we're a living evidence that you can have a very high end team and high end product and grow very quickly even with like a team that is fully remote. I think it always comes back to hiring. Like maybe that's another mistake that we very early on once COVID kind of winded down. Just triple check that we are aligned on the expectations with why this person wants the role and are there really a truth about the fact that they do enjoy working remotely and that's what they're looking for and not have any person that might be a good fit, but then they would kind of get exhausted by not liking working from home or missing out, uh, you know, some of the office, um, uh, you know, benefits and so on. So I think that would be. By, by, by far the, the biggest way of saving time and, and mishiring, not because someone is not good, uh, but it's, it's not really truly fitting into the remote culture uh, because they, they, they want the job for another reason other than the fact that it's remote. So we make it as a very big issue out of our kind of interviewing process. Um, and I think the, the second, uh, second kind of uh, tip that really worked well for us was actually making sure that there's that we treat everyone as full-on employees like uh, from from the you know the, the niceties of getting t-shirts and so on but truly giving them everyone ownership and and treating them as full-time employees so nobody would ever feel like a, you know like um like a contractor or some sort of a um, you know like a part-time thing we, we kind of made sure that we deliver the computers for example that sounds very stupid but these are exactly the small things that say, hey, there's no office. But other than that, you are, you know, you are our employees. Uh, we're part of the same team. And, and I think that as long as you walk the walk and talk the talk, that's going to work. People are going to see through your behavior and then feel connected. That is very, very true. I want to go back to the first point that you mentioned, which, you know, actually this is something that I've heard so many times. I wrote that in my book. I just finished recording an entire training on effective hiring for remote teams uh, just a couple of days ago on Friday. I finished recording it. And that's absolutely oh, true. Yeah, I was hearing that. <laughs> it, it's so funny because a lot of people think, you know, as long as uh, all the boxes are checked off, which is, you know, like right experience and, you know, blah, 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 right answers to the interview. Like you need to make sure that this person wants to work remotely because everybody, here's the thing. What I, what I talked about, even in my book is like, everybody wants to save time on commute, you know, commute time, or everybody wants to have flexible hours or whatever, but that does not mean that they're ready to spend, you know, five days a week working by themselves in a room somewhere like it, 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 it's not automatic, right? It's not something that mm -hmm. you... And it's not for everyone as well. Like it's... Um, exactly. exactly. Sometimes even the candidate doesn't realize that. And we yeah. kind of say, okay, there's a very high risk. Uh, you know, six months in, um, you know, they, they would start climbing on the walls and it eventually becomes your problem as the one spending time oh. and money ramping up some. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. We have something called high expectation job posting that we talked about in our trainings, which is basically like you put all the hard stuff of the job right at the top. <laughs> and then people <laughs> are cool still idea. reading. And if people are still reading after the fourth paragraph of like, you know, you're going to deal with this. And, <laughs> and if people are still reading at the bottom, then you'd be like, if you're still around, here's what you will get. And then it's like, you know, whatever, like flexible hours, the mentorship calls with the CEO, like all that great stuff that comes like, you know, all the benefits and all the great stuff. But we put them at the end because we don't want a thousand people to apply just because it's a remote job only to then have to sift through, you know, 980 resumes and disqualify everyone. That oh, that's so, so smart. Uh, actually, I'm going to I'm gonna implement that tip ASAP. <laughs> so, uh, uh, <laughs> that's awesome. But yeah, so it, it was a great conversation up to this point. Another question, uh, I'm sure that my listeners will want to uh, know if there's anything exciting coming down a pike for your business or for yourself. Uh, sure thing. So uh, no, I'm I'm entirely infused into StoryDoc by now. So uh, so maybe that's for any one of you that already I know there's a lot of people using it and you know and and loving it and kind of building their businesses on top of StoryDoc material. So I think the next big thing coming out is actually blending in um, AI generated StoryDoc text. Like it's been uh, around in you know in beta for a while now, and we're all very very excited by the potential of this. Like we're always you know, consumed by how can we make the outcome of a story look amazing, but it always comes in with some, you know, challenges for someone that maybe, maybe, you know, want to get started with something and don't have any materials. So especially for up and coming founders, that's the main thing that we're kind of uh, looking at in terms of user story for these features would be like, if I don't have any visuals, any materials, anything, how can I generate them and infuse them into a narrative combined with a story doc template? So that's really coming up uh, uh, very, very soon. And I think that's by far the most exciting thing, at least in our space. That is fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I'm and I'm sure that these tools are going to help your clients save time and, and actually have even more exciting and engaging uh, presentations and, and content. Yeah, definitely. That's definitely the plan. Uh, and even more than saving time is... Again, as someone that builds businesses myself and, you know, as well, like the, the beginning, the cold start of not having initial materials, not having answers to all the questions. That's where I think um, AI could can give can give you the 70, 80 percent baseline that would kind of then you can start tweak and personalize on top of it. And it kind of kills that empty page paranoia that many yeah. early stage businesses kind of have until you just, you know, get it right. Um, and that's where that's why we're focusing on that group of folks first. Those that have nothing, they need they need that that quick bump into into a workable kind of version of what they want to say. That's fantastic, Itai. This conversation has been fire. I can't wait for our listeners to listen to this episode. As a matter of fact, I'm sure they want to know more about you and the company. So, where can people find you guys online? Uh, so storydoc.com would be the easiest place to kind of get into and anyone that just want to, you know, pick up some templates and go on from there. That's the easiest way to do that. Also, we are quite active on LinkedIn um, with a lot of uh, high quality and um, you know homemade analysis and research about what actually works in terms of marketing materials and, and go to market and decks. So, uh, yeah, I would go to these two kind of venues for uh, uh, for getting closer to what we're producing. 
That's fantastic, Itai. Thank you so much for being on the Remote CEO Show. I'm looking forward to having you back in the future. And in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, thank you. You as well. Have a good one. And this is it for today, CEOs. Thanks for staying with us until the end. Can I ask you a big favor? Can you please leave a review? I know the podcast app is not super straightforward. So if you don't know how to leave a review, just DM me on Instagram at B. D-E-N-I-E-R-O-B and I will send you the direct link to the review section and to show you my appreciation, I will answer any business question you ask me during that conversation. So thank you again and I will talk to you again soon.